pointing the way towards freedom in an unfree world. This is The Liberty Effect with Ammon Bundy. Welcome to The Liberty Effect with uh, Ammon Bundy. I'm your host. I'm grateful to be here today with you, and hopefully we can do some good, and maybe together we can learn a few things. Um, I just want to thank uh, Brian and all those who make this happen every week, and I know that all through the week, they're uh, <clears throat> working hard to bring the truth to people. And uh, my little part is pretty probably insignificant to all that they do. But I just want to give you a shout out and thank you uh, for all that you do. Um, I got a little question to ask um, and wondering if how far you're willing to go with, uh, with this thinking. Uh, my question is, is, do you believe a louch minnow? is more important than, say, uh, Betty and Jim's ranch. Um, because the founder for the Center for Biological Diversity, Kieran Suckling, he believes that. In fact, he says a louch minnow is more important than Betty and Jim's ranch. And then he goes on to say a thousand times more important. Now, why would he say such a thing? Uh, another... Uh, well-known uh, environmentalist, uh, leader, uh, writer on a world scale, actually, uh, Christian Anton Mayer, also known as Carl Amory, um, he said this, we in the green movement aspire to a culture model in which killing a forest will be considered more contemptible and more criminal than the sell of six-year-old children to Asian brothels. Now, hopefully to you and me, this seems like a sick person, that he would think that killing a forest is considered more contemptible and more criminal than the sale of six-year-old children to Asian brothels. Why would he say such a thing? How and who could believe such a thing? Who could believe that a louch minnow, a little teeny fish, is more important than Betty and Jim's ranch, not only more important, but a thousand times more important. What uh, former president of the United States, Barack Obama, described as the greatest threat to future generations was neither terrorism nor ISIS. It wasn't nuclear weapons in rogue states either. In fact, he said, quote, no challenge possesses a greater threat to future generations than climate change. And Obama said this in his last State of the Union speech. And most people, when he said it, most people did not understand what he was implying. In fact, the conservative group, or you know, the riot, if you want to call them, they laughed him to scorn. They laughed at him, made fun of him. They thought his statement was ridiculous, you know, to say that the environment was the greatest threat to future generations. With all everything else that's going on, how could he say that? What an idiot. However, in reality, he was speaking the truth. Uh, environmental control is the greatest threat our future generations face. Now, you might be saying, oh, Ammon, what are you saying? So let me explain. Please listen while I explain or, you know, contemplate what I'm, what I'm about to say because I, I do feel that it is important that people understand the seriousness of what these people 
are saying and what they believe and how it affects you and how it has affected you and me. So environmental control. Just imagine using an excuse to control and force people to act in a certain way has never been so widely accepted than the excuse of the environment. If a group of people can use the environment to justify control over other people and those being controlled accept it as something that is needed, then those in power will have achieved unchecked control over an unlimited area. No country would be exempt. No state would be unaffected. No land would be left out. No tree, no water, no anything. And no person would be free. Now, let me give you some examples. Let me give you an example of what I'm trying to uh, uh, lay out here. If people could be made to believe that, let's say, the air or you know oxygen needs to be protected and controlled, then everyone who breathes air would be subject to that control. Or, for example, let's say if people could be made to believe that the rain need to be, needs to be protected or controlled, then anybody who benefits from the rain um, would be subject to that control. We can go on to the water, to the land, to the minerals, to the forest, to the energy, um, if people could be made to believe that these things need to be controlled and protected, then anybody who benefits or uses uh, could also would be subject to that control. Let me give you a more specific example. Carbon dioxide, right? CO2. It's what humans excel. Exhale, excuse me. It's what they what we exhale every time we breathe. We breathe in, we breathe out, we breathe in oxygen, and we breathe out CO2. And it's also what plants need to live. It's what many farmers use to fertilize their plants. And uh, environmentalists, uh, and many of them that have infiltrated government le to government uh, positions, uh, are saying that CO2 is pollution. Environmentalists are saying that the that every breath a human takes pollutes the environment. And they are going at, as far as calling on the U.S. and many other nations, including the United Nations, to regulate and tax CO2. In fact, they are calling for a global CO2 budget so that they can control it. Now... CO2 is what we breathe out. This means every person will be affected. Every person would be under this jurisdiction, under this rule of law, and subject to force. And what is the limitations? It, it could be anywhere, in any land. I mean, it, it could be even in, in, you know, outside the, uh, the atmosphere. I mean, that's how expansive this control uh, could be if, if it is allowed. Now, let me give you some more current examples, because what I am saying here is not just hypothetical. Uh, it is actually happening. Let's take rain, for example. In the state of Oregon, 
Well, I should say that Oregon, the state, is claiming ownership of the rain. That's correct. Imagine on your property being metered and you being charged for the rain that falls on your property, like on your roof or maybe in your fields or maybe in your front lawn, whatever it is. Imagine that they can meter that and then they can charge you for that. And you, you might think oh, I'm crazy for proposing such a, an idea or, you know, that this could even be reality. And if you think I'm crazy, then I want you to do something for me. I you to get on your computer or on your phone or whatever you got and uh, get to your search engine and search Oregon man sentenced to 30 days in jail for collecting rainwater on his property. That's correct. Um, and read through that. Understand what's happening. You've got uh, environmentalists who have infiltrated the state of Oregon, the, the government uh, of, of positions in the state of Oregon, and they have actually passed laws uh, claiming that the state owns the rain and now are implementing the laws and actually fining and jailing people for collecting the rainwater that belongs to, quote unquote, them. What about water in general? Did you know today that the federal government is claiming ownership and control over the streams, lakes, and rivers? Even the dry wash beds that flow down into the waterways, they claim ownership over. And if you think I'm exaggerating, then let's do another search. Search 77-year-old vet faces 15 years in jail for building ponds on his own property. Correct. These are environmental actions. They are put in place by environmentalists, and we're going to talk more about it. What about land? Did you know a California farmer was fined $2.8 million and faced several years in jail for plowing his own land? Yes. Agents from the EPA said that dust was getting in the, the river nearby, and so he has to get a permit from them anytime he plows his own ground. Well, he refused to do this, so they fined him and threatened him with jail and began prosecuting him. <clears throat> These are real things. And uh, we're going to talk about this in, a, a, in great, greater detail. We're going to talk about why they're doing these things and what is behind it and how threatening it is to us and our future generations after the, these messages. back to you on the Liberty Effect, and we're trying to answer the question here why anybody would say a louch minnow is more important than, say, Betty and Jim's ranch, uh, and then emphasize that by saying a thousand times more important, or why a, a person by the name of Christian, actually, uh, who's a leader, lead environmentalist in Germany, why he would say that... Uh, we in the green movement aspire to a culture model in which killing a forest will be considered more contemptible and more criminal than the sell of six-year-old children to Asian brothels. Why would someone say such a thing? Uh, in the last segment, we talked about how, you know, in, 
using an excuse to control and force people to act in certain ways has never been so widely accepted than the excuse of environmentalism and how if they can use this group, if a group of people can use the environment to justify control over other people and those being controlled accepted as something needed, then those in power will have achieved unchecked control over an unlimited area. And I gave you some examples about uh, how they're trying to control the air, the CO2, uh, the rain, the water, land, minerals, energy, the forests. And, uh, uh, you know, these are real examples. And, you know, when we're talking about CO2, this is what we, we breathe out. And they're saying that it is pollution. Um, uh, I, I, we also talked about how the state of Oregon, you know, actually uh, have implemented uh, this legislation that declares that the state owns the rain. And therefore, they can control it in whatever way they want, including uh, charging a man for collecting rainwater on his property. But uh, CO2 here is not really what's at play, you know, or, or the rain or the land or the minerals or the energy. That's not really what is happening, even though it's, it's you know – we see that CO2 control or, or regulations on CO2 is being implemented at an international level and that even, even all our energy sources are being taxed and controlled and the energy price is becoming higher and higher because of these environmentalist controls. Uh, but, but CO2, again, is not what's at play here. And it's not about the rain or the land or the minerals or energy. What it's about is humans. Environmentalists, ideologically and theolog theologically, are anti-human. And, uh, and the governments are being manipulated and infiltrated to to bring to pass a most wicked plan, one designed to destroy massive amounts of human life and suppress the agency of anybody who survives. So let, let me explain this green religion, this, this environmentalist theology, um, the, the, the extreme religion of environmentalists. In fact, uh, John T. Larabelle, writing for the New American, magazine said this what makes environmentalism so deceptive and dangerous is the fact that it is becoming the religion of choice for the global government crowd and it's especially dangerous because it's not being presented as a religion to the contrary it's being presented as science it's presented as something non-religious so people who, for whatever reason, reject, reject traditional religion can follow it and not even know they are being religious about the environment. The United Nations is essentially a global government under construction. The fact that the UN is functioning as a church for the religion of environmentalism reveals just how dangerous this religion is. Give a global government the authority to essentially sponsor a religion, and you won't just have a state religion, something now that is rejected by many Western nations, 
but a world religion. So what is this environmentalist religion, the green theology, and why is it so threatening to mankind? Well, let's uh, break it down and compare it to Christian Christianity. So the, the doctrine of the green religion, if you will, is basically this, that the species, all the species in, in the world and on and around the world uh, are equal to man. And man has evolved to intellectually be more advanced than all the other species. This is their core belief, that the species are equal to man, and that man has just evolved to be intellectually more advanced than the other species. And their belief is that man threatens the other species with his intellect, his ability to reason. He actually threatens the other species. So their objective is to create a disadvantage to humans to balance the species. That's what they believe is their moral duty. Because of this belief that man threatens the species and that man is only equal to the other species, therefore their duty, their moral duty, their, their religious belief is to create a disadvantage to humans to balance the species. Now, how do they do this? What is their action in doing this? And if you were to try to put it in a sentence, basically it is to minimize man's use of the land and resources through government control. If they can minimize uh, man's use of the land and resources through force, which is government control, then they can create a disadvantage to humans to balance the species, uh, and they have, uh, they have met their objective. Now, how are they doing this? How are they minimizing man's use of the land and resources through government control? Well, they're doing it. They've outlined it, and they've outlined it uh, in uh, a couple formal uh, documents. So I'm not just speaking for myself. Uh, the environmentalist objectives are outlined in a few formal documents. One of the documents is called the Program of Action for Sustainable Development. And this was decided at the Earth Summit in Rio in June of 1992. Another document that you can find uh, these actions and the plan, the objectives, are found in the Global Biodiversity Assessment, the GBA, published by the United Nations Environmental Program in 1995. Another one uh, found in the, the Earth Charter, in which Mikhail Gorbachev said, he said this about the Earth Charter. She says, I envision the principles of the Earth Charter to be a new form of the Ten Commandments. Yes. He goes on to say, uh, let me see, he goes on to say, they lay the foundation for a sustainable global Earth community. Nature is my God. To me, nature is sacred. Trees are my temples, and forests are my cathedrals. Um, so... What, what are these actions? What, what are these actions, actions that have been documented? Well, let me go through them. And we're going to, if we have time at the uh, tail end of the show here, we're going to actually break them down. I would like to actually read you some of the uh, direct quotes and writings out of these documents. But listed here are the actions. 
population control. This includes abortion and medical methods, uh, and I'll just leave etc. Uh, licensing property rights, uh, dam and reservoir removals, agricultural restrictions, free trade integration, including transportation, land acquisitions and control, both private and, and government, uh, information control, and education infiltration. And uh, we got to take a break here, and we're going to talk and break these down and talk more about these actions, their funding, and the results, including the unintended consequences. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Coming back to you again, uh, this is The Liberty Effect. Uh, I am your host, Ammon Bundy. Just a reminder that you can uh, download this uh, audio recording, I guess, uh, this uh, show, uh, this podcast, yeah, uh, on uh, SoundCloud, and you just go to The Liberty Effect, and they'll have the dates there. Uh, Also, you can go to loving liberty and uh search that and uh get these shows and others uh and share them with your friends and i'm here uh every thursday one o'clock um and i'm here on for a for an hour and we have been talking about this religion of environmentalism uh this green theology and how it's it's not it's much more than the ideology, and it's much more than just you know wanting to protect the earth, uh, you know, and 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 to uh, enjoy the earth. It's much more than that. It's actually a religion, and it's actually being forced upon other people through uh, through government uh, uh, entities and government regulations. And we're breaking this down. Um, in fact, uh, why uh, you know why would someone like uh, Rajanda Potrovi, head of the UN in 2002 to 2015, uh, it's head of the UN IPCC, so not complete head of the UN. Why she would say, for me, the protection of planet Earth, the survival of all species, and the sustainability of our ecosystem is more than a mission. It is my religion and my dogma. And why Al Gore, former U.S. vice president, would say the fate of mankind as well as religion depends on the emergence of a new faith in the future. Armed with such faith, we might find it possible to sanctify the earth. Uh, we talked, we, we, you know, we covered uh, the fact that uh, these world leaders uh, are taking this uh, theology uh, to the levels of controlling and uh, and uh, creating action to actually minimize man's use of the land and resources and they're doing it primarily through government control and that their objective is intentionally to create a disadvantage to humans in their belief to balance the species 
because they believe man threatens the other species with his intellect, with our intellect and, and our, or our ability to reason. And uh, their doctrine is that the species, all species uh, in the earth or in the universe, uh, all species are equal to man. And that man has just evolved to be intellectually more advanced than the other species. And, of course, we can go in uh, further uh, to their lack of belief in God, a creator. Um, this explains kind of the big, the, the, the big bang effect. Um, but their actions to minimize man's use of the land and resources and to create a disadvantage for humans is what I want to focus on here. And it has been documented in multiple uh, uh, documents uh, from the UN, from the Earth Summit, uh, Earth Charters, uh, and and it is in effect – uh, if I go down through the the list here, and this is not conclusive, but are not all the list, but population control, licensing property rights, dam and reservoir removal, agricultural restriction, free trade integration, including transportation, land acquisition and control, basically to use private entities and to use government agencies to acquire and control mass amounts of land to keep it out of the hands of man so they can't use it. Uh, information control, to basically license and register uh Many, many things such as what you buy, what you sell, you know, the transactions of, of money so that they can know what is being used and control it. Uh, education uh, infiltration. Basically to put – try to educate our children, to put fear in them that we're going to damage the earth, uh, that we're going to lose the beauties and the benefit of the earth, and also to educate our children, uh, you know, mostly in – you know, elementary, high school, and college, uh, to to give them a guilt, uh, a guilt complex for using the earth uh, for the benefit of man and for the benefit their own you know own benefit and for the benefit of their fellow man. These are all actions that have been documented in the Earth Charters, the Program of Action for Sustainability Development, and the Global Biodiversity Assessment G GBA published by the United Nations. How is it to be funded? How is this green religion, this green theology, and all the things that they want to do to be to be funded? Well, it is through an action of basically infiltrating, and that's my word, infiltrating uh, government, legislation, and bureaucracies to create forced regulations and to get control of the land and the resources. And they do this through taxes. So they tax uh, – you know, the use of the land and the resources. They tax the land itself. They do this through fees. Uh, you know, you, you environmental impact fees, uh, mitigation area fees, and, you know, uh, dust control fees. And, I mean, uh, building permits and all of these things. These are part of the plan. And, and these funds are, or a portion of these taxes and fees are going up to these environmental agencies, these these environmental groups, they also do it through grants. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, the Center for Biological Diversity, they're a multi-million dollar organization each year. Their, their budget is multi-million dollars and they get a third of their uh, funding from 
uh, suing the government and 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 uh, you know getting uh, the the judges who are also environmentalists, many of them part of this green religion, this green. Uh, 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 I guess religion, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so they give, you know, grant these uh, these environmental groups that sue the government millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and then a third of the budget for the Center for Biological Diversity comes from government grants. And they actually fund them in this effort. And then another third comes from donations, which is donations are mostly come from uh, education, or I should say a lack of education. Again, I talked about one of their action plans. Uh, they, edu they infiltrate education and they put fear and guilt in people uh, for uh, using the environment. And then last but not least, the funding, one of the greatest funding efforts uh, that these environmentalists uh, use is they control the land and resources for profit. So they actually get control of mass amounts of land. They control the natural resources within that land. And they charge people for using the water, for using the minerals, for using the land, uh, for using, you know, generating power off of it. And these funds go to, you know, go to uh, these environmentalist groups, whether they're private or whether they're governmental. And, and it, and it, and it boisters them. It gives them great strength. It gives them the ability to uh, to continue their their religion, their theology, continue the the control and the force uh, of uh, and the, these objectives, which is to minimize man's use of land and resources, to create a disadvantage to humans, to balance the species. And this is why you see, you know, like the endangered species. Uh, you see the endangered species, they put it on the books, they make it a law, and then they begin to basically everybody, all a man's use around that endangered species gets eliminated. And they are actually trying to create advantage for the species and a disadvantage for humans. And if we don't understand this and we don't understand why they're trying to remove 30,000 dams in the United States – and why they implement endangered species and keep people from from uh, harvesting the forest, using the lands, grazing, uh, and you know you, you can't understand the logic unless you understand that these uh, environmentalists are doing it intentionally because they believe that man is only equal to the species and they believe that man's intellect has given them advantage. So their duty is to create a disadvantage for humans. And that's what they're doing through the law, through the force of law. That's what this climate control is all about. That's what, you know, the emissions controls are all about. That's what these environmental impacts are all about. That's what they're about. And they're being funded primarily through taxes, fees, fines, grants, donations, and to control the land and resources for profit. Now, what are the results to all of this? The results are is man is being put at a disadvantage in life. And, there, and the government force that is used, supposed to be there to protect man is actually being used against him. And we're going to break down how man is being put at disadvantage here in a few minutes.
we're back on our last segment here on the Liberty Effect. Uh, we've been breaking down this uh, truth about how man is being put at a disadvantage in life by environmentalists who have infiltrated all levels of government. Uh, and how this is not just an effort to protect the earth, how it is much, much uh, deeper than that. It is actually a green religion. It is a, a, a theology that environmentalists have, and it contains the, the fact that they believe the species are equal to man, and man has evolved to just intellectually be more advanced than the other species, and they believe that man threatens the other species with his ability to reason, and therefore their objective is to create a disadvantage to humans to balance the species. And if you don't understand that, you can't make sense of some of the things that are happening and why it's so expensive to get a building permit for a home. And why is it so expensive to build a road or to build you know, a power line or a pipeline? And when you, when you see the environmental fees and the impacts on all of these permits, and see how much funds are actually going to this effort. It is tremendous, and it is designed to create a disadvantage for humans. And my family has been subject to it directly, where we have been uh, for you know multiple decades. Uh, Why well, these environmentalists are trying to drive us off the land? Uh, the results of their theology is anti-human. The results is that it puts man uh, at a disadvantage in life, um, and and they do it through government force. They actually are building armies to enforce their theology upon the other people, and they're doing it on a global level. Now, let's talk about some of these results, some of these results of this theology of putting man at a disadvantage. What are some of those disadvantages? Well, one is it forces people to live in very tight and close proximity with each other. Um, some people might like that, but uh, that's that's what this is designed. One of the designs is to force people to live in very tight, uh, close proximities. And probably if they had it their way, most of the people. In fact, I'm not saying I'm not just saying this out of uh, out of an idea, but they actually uh, by design want seven-eighths of the population uh, to be diminished, uh, as they call it, a significant shrinkage in population. In these documents, it says a reasonable estimate for an industrialized world society at present North American material standard of living would be one billion. At the more frugal European standard of living, two to three billion would be possible. So their goal and design is to basically significantly shrink the population by seven-eighths. Um, and the rest, of the rest, they'd probably want to living in sky-rise uh, apartments. Uh, another uh, result of this green theology is that it uh, minimizes uh, access to the land. Um, and they basically are making it so that land is very hard to get their hands on. They're doing this through uh, regulation and also through government monopoly, meaning the government is claiming large mass amounts of land and saying that man can't use it. And then also these funds through taxes, fees, fines, grants, and donations and control of land and resources for profit are being funneled into these private uh 
conservative groups, conservation groups, I should say, and they're buying up large amounts of land and saying that man cannot use it for any purpose. Only, only the other species can. Um, also, the results of of this is is uh, making it very hard for man to use and have access to water. And you see the price of water going up. You see uh, the control of water increasing, and uh, and 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 also that raises the cost of food. That raises the cost of living. Raises the cost of goods. Another result of this, you see uh, that we're having that man is. Uh, more and more re- re- being restricted in using the minerals. And everything that we we depend on, everything that we use comes from the earth. And, and it is being more and more restricted through this environmental theology, religion, and man is being more and more restricted. And it's by design. And actually the people are paying for it. Now, some of the negative results is the cost of housing increases, which causes homelessness. The cost of food increases. It causes hunger and starvation. The cost of goods in general, uh, such as clothing and other needed, other needed resources, uh, which causes the the low uh, a lower standard of living. It causes us to live beneath beneath ourselves. And I'm not I'm not saying that we shouldn't be conservative and good with our our things. I love to walk and take a, a, you know, a nature walk, if you want to call it that. I enjoy that as much as probably anybody else could in this life. I love trees. I love flowers. I love plants. I love animals. But I do not believe and subscribe to the idea that man is equal to these other species or plants or animals because I'm a Christian. And I know that God made this earth for man, for the benefit and use of man. I know that this the earth was created so that man could come here and to express his ability to reason, his agency, his intellect, to invent, to love his fellow man, to create and prosper. That's what I know that this earth is for. But it is exactly opposite of what the environmentalist religion believes. And the fact that, you know, the earth is here for man, it should be used, it should be, we should benefit from, from it. You know, our, our, uh, our breath is not poison, it is not pollution. Our breath was designed by God. We were designed to breathe in and to breathe out. It's not pollution. That's what I believe. And I and I believe that that's what our this Christian nation, the United States of America, was founded upon. It was founded upon those beliefs, and I completely reject this green theology, this green extreme environmentalist religion that men are equal, that they weren't created by God, that they just evolved intellectually, and that all the other species are the same as man. That just hasn't evolved the same way. I don't believe that. And I don't believe that we should take the earth and the things that God gave us and make it a disadvantage to his children, to humans. But that's what they believe. They believe that a minnow is more important than Jim and Betty's ranch, a thousand times more important. They believe that 
it is more contemptible and, and more criminal to cut down a forest for the use and benefit of man than it is to sell six-year-old children to Asian brothels. I reject that completely. Now, before the show ends here, there are some unintended consequences that these environmentalists are now seeing because of their actions to create this no-use uh, policy uh, for man using the earth. And that is actually, by doing this, they're actually destroying nature. This is something that we need to be aware of. They're actually destroying the earth by stopping man from using it. For example, look at the burning forests and the wildlife all over the West. Well, I have a bumper sticker on my truck that I proudly uh, display, and it says, log it, graze it, or watch it burn, because that's the facts. The earth was made for man to use. The forest was made for man to use. And if it doesn't get used by man, it will catch fire and burn. In fact, if you go and search uh, cattle grazing uh, environmentalist speech, you'll see a video where a lead environmentalist is saying that one of the leading causes of climate change is basically what they call desert desertification where the earth is turning into desert over mass amounts parts of the world and he says even though he says i i i people will hate him for saying this he is a lead environmentalist and he says that the cause of this desertification all over the world is because of the lack of cattle grazing yes he actually says it that because cattle are not grazing on the on certain parts of the earth the earth is what's called desertification goes through the desertification process and is drying up. There's many, many examples, such as the killing of the desert tortoise and removal of the ranchers, killing over 20,000 desert tortoise in the name of desert or tortoise mitigation. We have, I mean, I could go on and on. The destructions of the dams would kill millions of wildlife. And I tell you, to be aware of this green theology. It is anti-human, it is anti-Christian, and we should not subscribe to it. We need to be aware of it. Thank you for your time here on the Liberty Effect. The Loving Liberty Radio Network. 